Karma is a guy on the Chiefs. It's if you're listening, one person's mission to force your friend to listen to all the music he avoided in high school. I'm Ramsey. That's my favorite intro ever. <laughs> uh, we're really dating this episode. Uh, just like Taylor's dating. Ta- Travis Kelsey, there a guy we go. from the Chiefs. A guy from the Chiefs. Oh, God. It's the only thing I've thought about all day. Football, Heather, I feel like has always existed, but yeah. really came into her own in like the last three years. I would agree. And now... Taylor Heather and Football Heather <laughs> have met. Yep. You are truly emblematic of America right now, That's Heather. That's true. On both sides. Yep. Um, Ramsey. Heather. Big day. We did our it. Our first book club episode. We made it. Uh, it took me a hundred years to read this book. It's a big book. And I kept getting distracted and having to go listen to the things that were being spoken about. I think that's <laughs> a signal of a good uh, piece of literature that it's making you want to experience these things again. Um, we've been teasing this for months because because I'm a slow reader. Yeah. It's not just that we want to give everybody time. It's let's, true. Let's let's do the spin. We want to give people time yeah, to yeah, catch yeah. up and read this book with us. Absolutely. Um, so today we're going to do Where Your Boys Tonight: The Oral History of Emo's Mainstream Explosion, 1999 to 2008, by Chris Payne. It's very exciting. We love an oral history. We do. We do. Uh, and one of us loves mainstream emo. Okay. Well, turns out Ramsey. Yes. I only. Um, <laughs> love part of it heather <laughs> may i describe it please do heather uh with her book uh-huh it's it's a well-loved book at this point because she has flipped the corner of pages that she found interesting or notable to talk about on the podcast specifically i don't do that normally be, like a maniac right <laughs> and i would say the first 60 percent of the book yeah. is basically all turned pages correct and then there's a chunk for maybe another 20 percent <laughs> where she stopped caring <laughs> Or maybe, did you just skip a section so you could finish this book nope. quickly? <laughs> I just read the whole book. And then, and I then just don't there's a couple like more at the end. I, I'm interested to see where that falls exactly. It was, uh, that was interesting. I was just like, boring, 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 <laughs> don't care, don't care. Yeah, for a good chunk there. So I guess, all right, so I don't know how many of our listeners have read this book. If you're interested in our show you will still be interested in what we're going to talk about today um but i will say as somebody who doesn't particularly care about this stuff uh just to give you my helicopter view here yes i really enjoyed this book still i thought it was really good great i had a fun time reading it you also know a lot of the contributors not, yes that's i mean true. not personally some of them um but so that helps too i feel like because no surprise, as everyone knows, this is a Watch Recap podcast. Uh, Andy Greenwald from the Watch yes. podcast and other things is a big contributor in the book. And so I loved that. Um, obviously, a lot of people from bands, mm-hmm. other music writers. So there's a there's a lot of different, a lot of label people, which I, I loved oh, that, yeah, that aspect of it, too. Yeah. Um, Did friend of the show Ian show up in here? Yes, Ian Cohen is in here. Um yeah, a lot of different people, just also people from around the scene, like photographers and like local bookers and stuff, which, yeah. yeah. I like that it wasn't just the musicians. Agreed. It was, it was a lot of different people. Yeah, gave a well-rounded perspective. Yeah, yeah, even Chris Gethard. I have some notes on uh, the ending of the book. Yeah, uh, I think he <laughs> opens and closes the book, interestingly enough. Uh-huh. But yeah, that, I mean, that as that's my first note that I wrote down. It was like, whoa, what? Yeah. Weird. I know this guy. Yeah. And I mean, he is definitely someone who is, I mean, I've seen literally, I, the, I've been working on a, uh, an updated uh, tracker of all the shows I go to this weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Chris Gethard is on multiple of those shows, like concerts. Oh, because like, he would open for oh, punk bands. So what, what does he do to open for a punk band? Comedy. Interesting. Oh, like just stand up. Yeah. Huh. 
Yeah, that's okay, all. That makes sense. I don't exactly know where to start for this. I, I just my plan was just chronologically. Sure. Um, because I feel like some of some of the things I highlighted, I just wanted to see what your thoughts were. Um, some of these things I'll skip because, as you mentioned, I have the entire book dog ear. I mean, if you don't skip it, we may as well just drop the audiobook in here. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So one of the things that I loved it, that it was talking about at the beginning is how everyone learned how to book their own tours. Because, like, mm. the thing that I think is easy to forget is that this was before the fucking internet. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, and so that I just loved in and of itself because I feel like that plays into a lot of things later that they get into where it's like everyone is really self-taught in yes. all of this in the very early days. Yeah, even though MySpace gets dropped in the title of this book, it, there yes. is there comes a point, and it actually made me think a lot about the comedy world during yes, this time. totally. Where like I think think it was my chem that they say like yeah. figured out how to really harness the power fallout boy fallout boy yeah i mean both of them but yeah fall, like pete was like chronically chronically online before we said the phrase chronically online yeah pete pete wentz is all what a over guy. this book <laughs> what a guy yeah he's in the book he's talked about like because to to that point like fallout boy i mean pete came from the hardcore scene but then fallout boy really Pete was driving the marketing of that band for a, a like a long time. Yeah. Which is what I mean, not just why they were so successful. Like that first album is so fucking good, but he just knew how to be online and right. how to connect with his fans nationwide in a way that not every band in this book was doing. And then he starts reaching out to other bands that sound like him to produce and uh, to put on his label. Yeah. <laughs> So like yeah, he is he is all over this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm also going to interject. Please. Uh, no, no, no. Just as we go, uh, my notes are also chronological because I just kept a, a document open as I was oh, right, reading. You did the audiobook. I did the audiobook. Yes. So my first note is New Jersey! Exclamation point. New Jersey. Followed very quickly by who is Mikey Way? Do they mean Gerard? It's his brother. <laughs> well, I figured that out eventually, <laughs> but I'd never heard of him. Sure, sure. Um... Oh, and then Gethard. Okay, yes. Go ahead. No, exactly. I'm still in the introduction. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're I, quite I jumped all right. ahead this is what I'm to the beginning I of the book. was wild. Uh, I, I, also, I think I got a little more loosey-goosey as we went on here, but I did want to call it, because this was something I just was like, as I was reading some of this, I wanted to just ask, also ask you how much you were aware of this stuff, like in when it was happening, like the fact that emo was alf- often used as like a homophobic insult. Like, stuff like that. Um, I do remember it being an insult. I, yeah. And I feel like I didn't realize the homophobia of it, but I do... Like, I, that makes sense to me yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I do vaguely remember reading an article around this time about the... Uh, uh, I'll say surprise, but, like, the um, surprising uh, popularity of Morrissey in the Latin American community. Oh, yeah. But... Also, on the other end, how emo is is was used as a pejorative. Yeah, 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 totally. That. The other thing that I um, that I just wanted to bring up the intro because it obviously comes up throughout is just this one quote, which I'm just going to read. Reexamining reexamining emo's pop years brought out many extremes: how young the participants were, how novel their fame was, and how much cash was being thrown around. How the internet felt like a savior for music and social connection. How male dominated the bands on stage, while while the audiences were often predominantly teenage girls. That 
is so true. And I actually think this book could have talked about that even more than it did. Mm. Because I think, you know, girls were a huge part of the scene. And it was not reflected back by the bands that were on stage. And I often think, too, it was a thing where, you know, even if it was a lot of women, it's still like it's touched on a little bit by some of the women in the book where girls really had to prove their place right in the scene. And also such a fucked up thing. Cause they're, you know, you're having to prove why you're here. Is it in it? And that it's not to sleep with the band. Right. Cause that's the default. You like prove that you're actually a fan while also trying to protect yourself from literal predators, yes. which is a problem yep. in this scene. I think it's mentioned in this book. I think it's a little less so for the bands that are in this book. Not all of them, obviously, but I think the next wave is even fucking worse. Um, But it's been throughout music forever, regardless of the genre in and of itself, which that fucking sucks. Yeah. Uh, I remember talking a little bit about this with the Sleater Kenny episode that we did. And um, there is a lot of talk in here from female writers yeah. and photographers just about like, yeah, I'm not a girlfriend of the band. Yeah, exactly. I'm supposed to be here. Yes, exactly. Uh, and how they had to fight for that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the other thing too that I love that we already touched on a little bit is this line about how the emo boon was inextricably from the internet, like tied to it in space and time. It's like, it was the perfect place in time. And these pe- like yes. these fans, these bands everyone was so online and it is in, was interesting to reflect. I'm like, I don't know how much of that was because you were an emo kid, like the genre right. or the feelings, like which, which came first you being online or you being an emo kid. Like, I, I don't know. Um, I did find that aspect of, aspect of like the early internet when the internet was so fucking fun interesting <laughs> i i kind of remember that era man remember when the internet was fun i have a question for you please i felt that this book uh and this is i think i'm keeping it to the intro here did a really nice job of dealing with the prominence of brand new in the story i agree i think they did a good job of acknowledging like hey we we have to talk about them yeah we, but it also would be fucking weird if it was just if they were just left out um do so there are different moments in here where yep. people then talk about brand new. Yes. And I feel like every time they come up, <laughs> they say how much they sucked except the drummer. Yes. <laughs> uh, Dude, the part about except the drummer got me every time. It's in there a lot. Multiple times, multiple people basically just say Brian Lane is the nicest and everyone else and brand new is a fucking yep. asshole. <laughs> uh, do you think let's, if, if the, do I think some of it's revisionist history? Yes. I guess that's basically what I'm asking. Like, yeah, if if that had I do never think come some out, of it is, but do you I, think that would have come out at this point? Do you think people would have talked about it? Or people you... already knew Brando was assholes. Mm, yeah. Okay, everyone knew Brando would were a bunch of dicks. Got it. A hundred percent. I've had many friends who know them personally, have worked with them, who are friends with them. I'm sure either they got to be less dickish, or learned, or were not always like that privately. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, their reputation was they were a bunch of dickheads. <laughs> right. Okay. Got it. Uh, even in the year of our Lord 2000. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, my, I mean, I Jesse Lacey wanted to be Morrissey. He was modeling well, himself after. Mission accomplished. Yeah. After that sort of standoffish. Got it. Person. Yes. Okay. Uh, good question, though. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I did. A thing I loved in the New Jersey chapter was how 
I was not, I did not grow up in New Jersey. I grew up in upstate New York. But the thing about just like, it, it didn't even matter who was playing. You just went to the show. Mm. And like, that was your social life. And I think right. that was true no matter what your scene was, like where you lived. You just went to whoever, who was playing on Friday. Cool. We're going. Like, right. it does not matter. Like, right. that is just where you're, where you are. Like, I was not a kid who grew up going to parties, as I think like a lot of kids in this scene were. Because again, like I'm, I'm sure you learned a lot about straight edge life reading this book. But <laughs> you know, like, I, I was well, I guess I was straight edge when I was a teenager by, by virtue of age being limits. a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> um, I but no, I've never been straight edge. But I just was not. I never really have been a huge partier. Sure. Um, so I would just go to shows. Like that was just your social life, right? Did you like the part about how Eric Wareham was in this one hardcore band? Uh, I was going to Google that band to see what that was like. And uh, I can't imagine to. you would like it. I, that's basically why I didn't end up Googling it. Fair, fair, fair. Um, I did find that interesting. Um, I also... Oh, Sorry. No, continue. No, I, I just I, unlined a fun, underlined a funny thing that I, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> this is in one of the early chapters. I can't remember if it's early Long Island or early mm-hmm. New Jersey. But um, one of my next notes is one person name checks Garnier Fructis and GoldenEye 64 in the same passage. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember that um, But that just really sold what, what time period it was. Yes. Uh, like I was immediately looking at that lime green bottle. Oh my God. I mean, yeah, yep. it, it is evocative. It, it really told me when I was. Okay, the part I underlined was Jeff Rickley, who's the lead singer of Thursday, who's also all over this book. Okay. Um, he was huge in the... New Brunswick scene specifically and was booking shows and obviously playing shows. And the thing I underlined was the first show I put on there was they might be giants. And I was like, this fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I didn't like that part. I figured you didn't. I did find Jeff's part interesting because there are a lot of times where he was, I mean, he, is a very harsh critic about a lot of different things. And sometimes he came around on it and sometimes he was just like, never got it. And <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Hey, like, you don't have to like everything, but he had some of the lines of the book that were the harshest criticisms. I feel sure, like, sure. Uh, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. The whole element of just like, this is a tiny little crew. Yes. We're all yes. in it together. And they um, all know each other. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I had no idea where we were going to start. Obviously, we we're going to start like with people coming up. Yes, but the the my conception when I see MySpace emo. Yes, I kind of assume these are industry plants. These are bands yeah, that are we'll get into that a little yeah. later. <laughs> um, but to see that it had like its oh, yeah. roots here, yeah, yeah, that yeah. It, it was people like scrabbling and f- oh yeah, forging that thing. Um, I really enjoyed yeah. this section. I mean the the other thing I like loved in this first part is also just like how organically it happened and talking about the like there's one part here where it's talking about how like they're trying to have a basement show and a thousand kids showed up like i've been at shows like that where you're like oh fuck we're gonna die like this is so unsafe like what is like i have been at shows that have been shut down by the by the fire marshal (laughs) like I've had shows shut down by the fire marshal, n- not till I was older and, and had contracts and had to figure it out. Uh-oh. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. I always figured it out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that, it was, that was just also like truly taking me back to a time. Sunday. Like w- I, we had so many weird venues where I would go to shows in Binghamton too. Like my favorite one that we had was, I mean, the first one that I remember going up to growing up going to was, basement that was under a pet store what the fuck oh it was called underground theater in binghamton Makes sense. johnson city something and then that got shut down and then 
I mean, there was a skate park that we that we used to go to shows at all the time. The best one was an old Chinese restaurant that Ooh. no one had. It had shut down because the owner got murdered. Yeah. Uh, and then it became a show. But like the buffet was still in it. Oh. And so you would just like, the show was just like on the floor of a restaurant. Right. Um, that was a big one. It was in a strip mall. Um, cool. I'm trying to remember other weird ones we had. Uh, I went to a literal basement one in Batavia once okay. that was like a crumbly basement. Oh, yeah. I've been, I've been to a, several gross yeah, basement like shows. It felt like it was somehow, car- like somebody dug this basement yes, out they probably themselves did. for the show. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, somebody did yes. dig every basement. <laughs> That's true. Um, but it felt like it was a block of concrete that was chipped away. I used to go to a lot of those in Ithaca because it would be in the basement of like frat houses mm-hmm. or just like college houses. Cause obviously Ithaca is like a huge college town. Right. So there would be a lot of those where it's just like, it would be so many kids packed in there that the ceilings would be dripping with sweat, which Ugh. is disgusting. <laughs> I would have to come home and shower after so many shows <laughs> as, as a youth. I did go to a, a Binghamton like house show yes. as well basically fun but like it's impossible to not be crowded in with a million people it's impossible yeah yeah and i don't remember it sounding truly good. impossible all right let's see we've already covered some of this stuff here oh continue this is also pretty early i cannot tell you yes how happy i was that somebody mentions emo phillips the comedian <laughs> i don't even remember that so uh, <laughs> it's so funny that we remember different things continue uh he is one of the best comedians out there, but he was big in the 80s yes. and he's a I'm weirdo. familiar with his existence. Yeah, but like somebody makes the comment. Oh, yeah, they were like, emo, what? Like emo Music Phillips? about emo yeah, Phillips? That's, I do remember that. I forget who said that. And, uh, oh, that made my day. That was good. That was good. Because I've been resisting making that joke for 360 episodes. That's so, fair. Yeah. That's fair. I want to talk briefly about the band Race Trader. Yes. This is, <laughs> we're not even to Chicago yet. Continue. I'm so sorry. Quite all right. I, I don't, You're just excited. All these... You're just really excited about hardcore bands from I'm Chicago. I'm really excited about hardcore. Uh-huh. The early chapters kind of blur into one fuzzy yeah, city. Because it literally goes very quickly, New Jersey, Long Island, Chicago. Yeah. Yes. I actually didn't even remember that we went to Chicago at this point. Yes. Um, I guess I should say I finished this book a little while ago yes. because I did the audiobook. Um, Race, that was Pete Wentz's band early Before on? Fallout Boy, yes. Yeah. He was in Race Trader. Um, I guess this is true of all of the bands yes but this that band in particular i'd never heard of before yeah it had never come you up you should not have yeah, it would be crazy um i barely i think if you were like oh p once was in that band race trader be like oh yeah i've heard of that i've never heard that band in my life i i think i actually brought them up well before or like when you had just started the book and you're like i don't know what that is yeah sure yeah. exactly uh i was really intrigued by that particular band mostly because they never talk about what they sounded like at all. It was only about how they were on stage debating the crowd about social issues at all every show. Um, that that made me really curious about what that... Oh, no, Heather's typing. I did this to myself. Let's see. I don't um, even know if it's on Spotify. But yeah, so they described like they were very socially conscious, yeah. which is great. Love that. Very kind of like Rage Against the machine vibes. If, I, was, I can't even tell if this is the right band. No, these bands came out or these albums came out recently. This they is may not, not right. have even recorded anything. No, totally. So yeah, that was really intriguing to me. Um, just because they, with Pete Wentz being yeah. such an important figure in this, that it does get talked about a lot in that chapter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I'm skipping ahead here. We're, we're still, I'm leaving New Jersey. Um, just like so many bands. 
Yeah, you got to leave New Jersey if you want to get famous. Um, I did love uh, when they would talk about uh, like later when other bands played their first New Jersey show being like, oh, my God, we're playing oh, New yeah. Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very funny to me. What is this page that I marked? Why did I mark this one? Hold on. Are we getting a lot of book fully? <laughs> like you just started tapping the back of it. <laughs> ASMR over there. Um, sorry, it is hard for me to do it without making noise. Is there a Devo song called Through Being Cool? Hmm. Uh, let me check. Please do. Yeah, there is a Devo song okay. called Through Being Cool. They named it. So Ari Katz showed, he worked at a record store in New Brunswick, showed Chris Conley Devo, and then he named the album Through Being Cool. I just liked that. I didn't yeah. know that. Um, I also didn't know that. I mean... And I've created a version of that album art. Yeah. I love... I mean, I just love the chapter, like the part about Saves the Day, because mm. Through Being Cool is from... Like, that is my definitive album from this like this initial wave of emo it's my absolute favorite one um i think yeah because they are so young on that cover Babies. i was i was surprised that they were first wave i don't know why I they're assumed, not their second but yes well, you know what i mean like yes. that they were the, so early in this, this book yes oh well yeah but that's because that's album's old right <laughs> i guess that i don't know why but i feel i felt like that must have come later into the thing but they were pretty influential in that oh, regard. Oh, totally. And I, uh, yeah, absolutely. But and I think too like thinking about saves the day specifically in that era and I mean this is still true of them I think is like especially in this initial wave that this book is talking about like none of these bands are cool. They're all fucking dorks and I love that element of yeah. it of like it later is where the bands are all trying to be so cool but right. no one at this phase is cool. Everyone is a dork. Everyone loves some weird other band, which is how they got into, you know, that's yes. like not popular. And like emo was not popular. It was an insult, you know, right. as, you yeah. know, as we talked about, it was, people were you know, actively trying to not use that term for themselves. Oh my at God. This time. Exactly. Exactly. Some of these lineups on tours were just crazy. In terms of like the star power. Yeah. Saves the day being on tour with ultimate fake book at the drive-in and get up kids. Crazy. I, um, should I know ultimate fake book? No. You okay. shouldn't, personally. I only know what you've showed me. So, I mean... It's... <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But then, like, Napster, that's crazy. Just uh, thinking about that. And, like, that's how I found most of this music. Right. Because I... how the fuck else would I have gotten it? One of my favorite... I didn't have money. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was a child. And then you would, for the ones that you really loved, you would then go buy the album. It did work out. Exactly. Like, this part is talking about, like... It was a record release show for Saves the Day, and everyone was singing every word. They knew the whole album because it was it was on Napster, right. and it, you know I think there's a part too where um, in here later where they get into it more where I think they're talking to Chris Caraba and they want him to talk shit on it. He's like, no, I was like, just gonna, I owe my career to this. Yeah, that that is one of my favorite parts. Yeah, is, um, I think it's at the Grammys or something. VMAs, I think. VMAs. Some Warner executives yeah. bring Chris Caraba oh, yeah, aside. They were on an anti. They wanted them to all do like an anti piracy campaign, and he just immediately shuts them down. Like, yeah. no way, I am not. And I, I really love that moment. I, uh, same. As much as I don't care for dashboard, I do like that he knew how he got there. He knew how he got there, and also like he. He specifically in this genre has always been someone 
who has appreciated his fans. Like, I think, like, we'll get into that a little more when we get to, like, th- them popping off. But I'm sorry. I just love this part here. They're talking about, like, the f- saves the day rolling up and they have a bus. It's the first p- person that band they've ever <laughs> seen with a bus. Um, okay, okay, okay. I'm on to Long Island. I'm cruising ahead here. Got this uh, into chapter two now. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm going to go faster. Uh, I mean, we're covering some a lot of the topics broadly anyways. In this Long Island chapter. Yes. Uh, I want to know how much you knew about the beef. Continue. Uh, only we did talk about okay. it early on. Yeah. Um, and it was, we did like a two, two in a row episode thing yeah. early on. So I do, I did remember a okay. chunk of that. Okay. Um, I still don't feel like I have any real context. Cause, for, yeah, cause, cause no one wants like, to really talk about it. And also it was nothing. It, that's the thing. It seems like this was all, yeah. I, I feel like they don't want to talk about it because it's they recognize stupid. it's stupid. Because they were 17. And it's better as a... As lore. Yes. I agree. Like I, it, yeah. it was probably just like, yeah, you're talking to my girlfriend. And now Stop we're, it. Now, now we're, we're in a done. fight. Now we're in a fight. Um, apparently, Daryl from Glassjaw went yes. on a rant, rant about hipsters. And that was another moment that really <laughs> First solidified of Daryl would continue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really love that because um, I remember how much the internet was talking about trucker caps and oh PBR God, I know. I know. and all this stuff. And so with that, I just have a quick tangent. On the streets of Brooklyn yes. last weekend, yes. I saw a tall bike being ridden. Shut the fuck up. Do you remember tall bikes? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was stupid. It's <laughs> still hip- stupid. Hipsterism back. I, I Maybe we're in second wave. Well, I guess this would be like fifth wave hipsters. Hipsters. Um, yeah yeah um yeah i mean the long island chapter was just like that one just felt more like history to me because it was building off all the same this is crazy these kids are so young like everyone's fucking figuring this out everyone knows each other like what a small you know whatever i have one more glass jaw quote just really love glass jaw you're uh no this is anti-glass jaw oh okay you're hypercritical (laughs) that makes more sense of social shit you're vegetarian but you're eating cocaine That's a good one. Get out of my face. I said to this lately. <laughs> That's a good one. Yep. That, I mean, Justin Beck. I don't know who that is. Uh, yeah, he's someone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Some people just are using this book to uh, air, their air their grievances a little bit, <laughs> Honestly, which is fun. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the next chapter is about Florida. So that's where we're getting into dashboard. Mm-hmm. And I, I forgot he was Florida. Yeah. That was surprising to me. Yeah. Because he's in Further Seems Forever first, which like vaguely Christian band and then he started writing his own shit in his part time of being a teacher. And so Chris is another example of just like, he was definitely just making it up in fucking Florida. Like, yeah. just like, what are we doing down here? But yeah, that just loved that. Okay, then, oh yeah, then it gets a little more into the Napster stuff, which I loved that part because I just don't know that this scene would have thrived. Yeah. If everyone had to buy CDs. People, people needed a way in there. And CDs were so expensive. At this time. And you're going to take a, you roll the dice on a band you've never heard of before. Totally. And yeah. And like, you could like these bands that had one EP out. Like there just, yeah. was just no mechanism to distribute songs like that. Right. I realize I'm stating the obvious here, but like you couldn't just be like, oh, here's three songs. Right. Yeah. You know, you, Cause you're going to have to charge $10 to manufacture exactly. it or and whatever. The idea of bands just putting them on Napster themselves mm-hmm. is not something I had really considered, but of course they were. Makes sense. Of course they were. Yeah. Um, yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Chris Caraba was the first person in this book uh, to be described as attractive. 
and it well, happens. He's the first person. Men- no, no, that's not true. Gabe Saporta is a, is a, is a, I think most people would also describe as a hot guy, but Chris is also a cutie pie. Uh, I want to say because no one else is actively described as being hot <laughs> yeah. before that point, it you happens. You just assume like, they're gross. No, no. <laughs> I wasn't before that point. Yeah. Suddenly I was, but it comes up like 25 people in a row. Like, and he was just so hot. They obviously did that on purpose. And I love, I did love that part, but I think that's part of like, that is. Okay. So I don't want to disparage the rest of the men who had been (laughs) (laughs) previously in this book, but I do think it was, I mean, Chris is, he's a handsome man. Like, what can you do? But (laughs) What, What are you going to do? I uh, do often also think it was really called out because his fan base was predominantly female. Sure. And yeah. so it was like, oh, they just love him because he's a cute guy. Oh, so in, you think in some cases it could just people be like belittling him in some, like, oh, bit. that's why they like I, him. I do. I do think that's, that. It's probably true. Granted, he's also a handsome man. Like, yeah. objectively. It also has not aged fucking somehow. Like, I think he did a deal with the devil because he's still like, he must be in his, I mean, he's older than he must be pushing fifty. Doesn't look it. Maybe in Florida, he's he's using like sunscreen. A Walt, a Walt Disney cryogenic. <laughs> just I just assumed sunscreen. Sunscreen <laughs> would be it. I did love the financial breakdowns when they would be like, "We're driving a van. The t-shirts are ten dollars. Oh. We're get like these venues are taking cuts." I just liked that aspect of it. I liked later on when you get oh, the, like the success of t-shirts and it's just ziplocks of cash in the bus yes because it's pre credit cards yeah. you can't do credit cards so they had to do it was all cash at shows and also like the kid it's kids too so they aren't going to have their parents credit card no and so they would talk about having just ziplocks hundreds of, of thousands hundreds of, of dollars. dollars in their rv that they had to deposit at the next bumfuck ass bank they passed yep. it was very funny yeah i agree and trying to convince like i think somebody got stopped by the cops and having to convince them that they weren't drug dealers a drug, yeah a drug dealer nope we're just t-shirts um yes uh, fallout boy was described as having a feel-good attitude at some point <laughs> i wrote that down <laughs> i thought that was an interesting one. Oh my god follow i will say so fallout boy for me came a little later mm-hmm and I, I do love Take This to Your Grave. I got that album on Napster for sure. But I am not a huge Fallout Boy fan. Like I like I like that first album. I like and I like From Under the Cork Tree, their second album. But like I don't know fucking shit about them as people other than like very broad strokes. Um I mean, mostly I know about Pete because he was everywhere. Sure. Um, and like in like hanging out with celebrities. So there was like a lot of celebrity gossip around yes. him. Who did he date? That is that Kelly Osbourne or is that somebody else? <laughs> that was Bert from The Used. Okay, sorry. Um, no, that's really, that's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but Pete did eventually, I think he married Ashley Simpson and they had a child together. If, if I had five minutes of silence, I might actually, now that you said Bert, I think I could pull beauty and the bert the name <laughs> the of the episode, episode of the osborns that yep. bert mccracken was on yep, yes. yep yep no yeah bert dated kelly osborne okay sorry pete dated ashley simpson married had a baby with uh i and, don't remember and neither of them were in a bubble cartel was in a bubble uh i, I i'm jumping way too far ahead i'm sorry quite all right i did love the parts about jimmy world obviously icons they just seem like the nicest band in this whole book. Continue. They do. They just they just seem like good people. They are the anti-brand new. They just seem so chill, yes. so normal. Maybe it's being from Arizona just makes them Maybe. regular. Yeah. Um. The titles are reference to what song? Where are your boys tonight? 
Fallout Boy. It is Fallout Boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of, you said you liked hearing about the financial breakdowns. Yes. I really liked hearing about. Just, I just love a budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give, give me a P&L any day. I'll read it. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, some bands are going to just compile there. I want to see it. Yeah. Um, I I couldn't help. I know I've already done this, but I couldn't help but compare a lot of this early stuff to uh, people trying to make it in comedy and that sort of thing. I'm to play you the Fallout Boy song. Continue. Oh. Oh, Continue. There you go. I really liked hearing about Andrew McMahon. Oh, yeah. Uh, having to rent a motorcycle trailer for his piano. Yeah. Cor- it, in those early days, it was insane that something corporate toured with a piano. Right. Like, that, that makes sense. You made your life so hard. <laughs> Granted, it was also the selling point of sure. like this band's unique thing. But yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That would be. Yeah, it's just like, an extra hurdle. These fucking like scrawny little California teenager trying to be like, oh, we need to unload this piano. Awful. It's crazy. Um, bup, 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 bup. Okay, we're back in New Jersey. What's happening over here now? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, I don't know. That line was just something. Okay, okay, okay. I think... Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I just like this line where Jeffrey Lee was asking um, Mikey Way, your new favorite person that you just learned, but mm-hmm. where's your brother? And he's like, he's probably home drawing comic books in his underwear. Turns out he was, because yeah, then he made a down. fucking television show. Yep. Yeah, I, I like... It's almost like foreshadowing everybody bringing up... Umbrella Academy? drawing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, I, I was going to Google what he did for DC, because that does oh, come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will find out. I also really enjoyed um, how often it was mentioned that Gerard was smelly. <laughs> I did not like it was that. brought up a lot That's about funny. how much Gerard smelled. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Especially in the early days when he was like still drinking. Um, yeah, this part just called him Gerard dressed like a fucking nerd. <laughs> huh? uh, I mean, my chem we've also like covered a lot on this show. Of, like yeah. I have listened to my chem. I am not a big my chem person, so a lot of this was interesting. To me as well just like learning about what their process was and like their come up story because yes, i just like I wasn't paying attention to them um i think yeah in a lot of ways they are the center of this book i agree they're on the cover right yes uh <laughs> that <laughs> to be fair i take the sleeve off when i read books so yes they I are do, and i knew what the cover looked like but i couldn't remember yeah, if yeah, it was yeah. Him. that's gerard um they like I, there's a reason fallout boy only mentions them in their cover of we didn't start the fire uh it's that, true. that album really seems important to this scene uh the black parade black parade yes absolutely i and, mean i think it's the peak yes it was the peak and then the downfall i think a hundred percent and so hearing that context was really interesting yeah, to i me. agree um yeah one of my favorite moments speaking of money yeah. and t-shirts TBS. What band would that be? Take a Mac Sunday. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Love that you were using the acronyms, but not in, well mm-hmm. enough to have it stick in your brain. Continue. I also wrote TBS question mark, so yep. I think I lost track of okay, who this continue. was. Okay, continue. Nope, it was a brand new shirt. Now I've got it in the, in oh, the text Oh, is it the mics are for singing, not for swinging? No, it is not that one, but you're going back to the feud? Is that what that was Yeah, for? that was for the feud. Uh, yeah. No, they made a shirt oh. that was at Hot Topic yeah. that had a uh, photo of a BMX bike on it. Oh, yeah, and they just copied it from the clip <laughs> art. stole it. I mean, and then... The in- internet was crazy but the fact that it made it to hot topic with a stolen image uh and they had to it, pay the guy off it does not surprise me at um, this era you would just google it yeah 
uh, do you remember how much they paid the kid who took the photo? It was like a hundred dollars or something crazy. Bucks, yeah. Yeah. Like psychotic. Crazy. Um, I did like this quote from Andy Greenwald. I just thought I just thought it was cute. Message board culture was thriving. Songs that you only knew or feelings you didn't feel comfortable sharing with people in your day to day life suddenly became accessible to everyone. Now seeing how the internet has turned out, I feel pretty gullible. In a way. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, it felt very pure, very sweet. It felt like the internet would be a great equalizer and bring art to the suburbs and bring subculture to people who needed it and people who didn't even realize they needed it. I just thought that was cute. Yeah. Um, Bummer. <laughs> oh, I just highlighted this line because I did want to call out like era wise so gabe is mentioning how the strokes the rapture and all the hipster new york dance rock shit was going on at the time and i do just think the dichotomy of that running parallel to this it it kind of makes sense now why i think i hated the strokes sure because i think it was one or the other right i don't think i don't i mean i'm sure people did like both obviously but i do kind of think it was a you're either into this or you're into that right and the fact that they are geographically so close to each other yeah basically like yeah, they're, you know, anyways. Um, do, do, do. What else? Oh, uh, they're, here they're just talking about how everyone in that scene dressed well and everyone in Punk and Emo dressed like <laughs> shit. Yep, yep. <laughs> Loved that. Um, yeah. Oh, the part, of, uh, this part just was insane. So they're talking about 9-11 and how Midtown was in California yes. when 9-11 happened and Midtown's from New Jersey and how they were recording at this studio that Red Hot Chili Peppers was recording at and this part killed me. Then Flea came out and he was talking to us as well. They knew we were from New York and New Jersey so Flea was like, everyone okay? How are you feeling? <laughs> how are you? And they were like, what the fuck are we doing? We can't do this today and then they just left. <laughs> Fair. Just the idea that Flea was like, how are okay? you? I'm Flea. I'm Flea. (laughs) He was just on Hot Ones recently and by all accounts was the sweetest angel. So I I also did love hearing he was always a sweet angel. Good Flea. Good boy. Good boy. (laughs) That's what you say to a dog that might have fleas. Yeah, right. Um, Who are they talking about right here? They're talking about one uh, one of the band being like, you guys are bringing girls like to the crowd. I Um, think that might be my chem. Maybe. Uh, oh no they're talking about thursday thursday whatever either way any of the bands from the scene they could have fucking said that about um cool great uh vampires will never hurt you did did you want to listen to that song oh man no it's just a title i like it is a good one but it's not a true statement vampires will hurt you yeah quite the opposite that's a song written by a vampire to trick you yeah this song was written by a vampire i believe it (laughs) I believe it. They don't talk about that in this book, how Thursday is fronted by a vampire. My come. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I think Jeff from Thursday helped them produce this song. Though. Okay. So that's that well, makes sense. He's culpable then. Yeah. Um... This line I just agreed, disagreed with. Uh this person was saying they haven't listened to brand new in five years or so so it's hard to remember but one thing i think is brand new appealed to people who were more normal whereas taking back sunday's music was a little mm. bit darker i actually feel the opposite interesting in terms of tone yes okay um especially i mean maybe the first two brand new albums are very n- more normal but i think after that not i don't think that's true at all um i like somebody saying i haven't listened to them in five years it's like Oh, yeah, I know. I, I don't listen to them anymore. No, 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 I know. Um, Make sure, did you get the part where I said I don't listen to them anymore? Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, my God. This part, I died. Okay, so this is Anthony Ranieri from Bayside. He's saying Warp Tour would only give you 
Okay, Warp Tour would only give the stage enough water for people to drink while they were performing. So we didn't have enough water to drink throughout the day. <laughs> but YooHoo was a sponsor oh, that year. Yeah. So we would get we would just fucking drink YooHoo all day. Okay. I remember the year that woo I mean maybe it was more than one year, but I remember YooHoo sponsoring Warp Tour. And they would like do these like I don't even know if it was videos or what the fuck it was, but I just remember being at a warp tour and then getting my friend to drink Yuhu out of his shoe and then giving Whoa. him a bunch of Yuhu swag. And uh. then my shoes my friend's shoe must have been wet for the whole day. Oh, out of his own shoe? Out of his own shoe. Why? More like shoo <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. That's awful. Mm-hmm. Um Then you have a milk filled shoe to walk <laughs> around warp tour in, in the middle of the summer. Should we should we drink Yuhu? No, I don't like chocolate milk. Oh. I also don't think I want to drink... Isn't it just regular milk? Am I remembering that it's like slightly malty at the same time? Like I would like that more. There's something slightly different about it. Maybe it's carbonated or something weird. Is it? What's That the, can't be true. What's that carbonated milk drink that, you make in the, that they make in the city? An egg cream egg is cream. delicious. Is it kind of like an egg cream? No, because no, those are good. No, it's not carbonated. It's a chocolate-flavored beverage. No shit. Um... <laughs> Uh, did you think we were going to be Googling Yoohoo today? It is primarily made from water, high fructose corn syrup, and whey. I can't drink this shit. Whey. <laughs> Gerard Whey. Whey. Uh, she's going to say Mikey Whey. <laughs> um, okay. Did you expect Jimmy Iovine to be mentioned in this book as much as he was? I did expect him to be mentioned because it's a music book. Yes. I did not expect him to show up as much as he does. This line, this part I just didn't know. Jimmy Iovine bought half a Vagrant just to get Dashboard. That is impressive. Incredible. It ma- made me think a little bit about when Dashboard and Postal Service were getting signed to places, but people, everybody everybody wanted Postal Service, but not, I'm uh, sorry, Death, Death Cab. Cab. I understood. Got it. Um, that was my connection. Uh, yeah. Jim Atkins from Jimmy Eat World. We played at Tom Belong's wedding reception. Just that's just that. <laughs> that's the whole yep, note. Yep. Um, crazy. Uh, I think that was the only mention of Blink. No, Blink's in here, but it's more like they were the only ones popping off on TRL. Mm. It was more like that of like, well, Blink's Blink. Right. We're not Blink. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Uh, okay. So... Uh, Richie Garen, they're like, we need you to do a PSA to speak out against downloading. Chris was really pissed. He goes, "There's kid, those are the kids that come to my show. The fact that you're selling less because of it is not my problem." Yeah, incredible. Loved it. Incredible. Okay. Uh, around this point, yes. somebody mentions the website MP3.com. Beautiful. And I wrote MP3.com. I was really excited to remember that. MP3.com. Um, I am now sponsored by MP3.com. Beautiful. Uh. I'm trying to remember why I highlighted this. Who cares? Can't remember. My next note chronologically yes, is everybody is mad at Pitchfork. I love Everyone it. Everyone hates Pitchfork Everyone in this whole book. brings up Pitchfork with nothing but hate. Hate in their heart for Pitchfork. Yep. I mean, that's another thing too. This like, because again, they didn't respect this scene and they thought it was a joke mm-hmm. until later. Actually, and then, and to be fair, we don't forget. Yeah. We don't forget. We no. might forget, but we don't forget. Um, the next book I read after this perhaps foolishly was an oral history about elephant six yes they also are mad at pitchfork everyone's mad at pitchfork uh pitchfork sucks yeah i wonder what bands would have an oral history where they're like we love what pitchfork did for us the strokes uh clap your hands say yeah <laughs> lcd sound system uh 
I remember playing Hollister. It was a riot at the mall, basically. Just incredible time. What a time to be alive. When brands started getting involved in emo, what, so weird. Yeah. Just the weirdest shit happened. Um, we're a little bit past this, but I did okay. notice. Go back. Jump around. Um, this was a band. Actually, I don't remember if this was the name of the band or the album now. Um, but we covered this on the Patreon. Yeah. It was a recommendation that we listened to. Uh, Jersey's Finest Dancers. Yeah. They were like... Lifetime. That was the band? Yeah. Okay. That was a band that like I only heard about that one time. And so I was surprised to hear how influential that particular album was. Oh, yeah. But I, am I remembering that was a uh, female-fronted band too? Uh-uh. Oh, I made that up. Boys. I think we listened to another album around that time that Probably. I have conflated. That, we've listened to a lot of albums. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Either way. Yes. I, I don't really remember anything about that album, clearly, because I just <laughs> got it completely wrong. But that that got mentioned a lot for well, a chunk. Especially for the New Jersey mm-hmm. scene, like, obviously. But that was, I mean, that's an that album is from 97. And so that predates my time a little bit. But gotcha. Oh, I just loved this part, but it's just because I love Andy about how he was writing a story for Spin. It was in Chicago and Mike Hammond opened for the U's before Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge came out. I had one night in a room at the Hard Rock Hotel in Chicago with Burton Gerard. Gerard wrote, you know what they do to guys like us in prison about that night. Just there you go. Crazy. Crazy. I have a general question for yes. you um, that this sort of opened my eyes to. Obviously, for this generation of people in the industry, yes. the Grammys are cool, but like, who no cares? But it does seem as though the VMAs are actually important. Yeah. We only cared about the VMAs. When did that stop? <sighs> That's a good question. Because um, Rich, Rich Egan is talking about canceling a tour in the UK to go to the VMAs when they got nominated. I mean, think back to that era. That is the era of TRL. Like that was mm-hmm. what mattered for music, especially for kids. Right. Um, I still don't give a fuck about the Grammys. I'm sure artists do, obviously. But sure. like that is not a i don't know but the vma is like i watched every single one for years and years and years i assume that that stopped being as important when mtv stopped playing fucking music oh yeah that makes sense like i mean so like around the time trl died yeah i i I think honestly i just think they lost their cultural foothold in music which is fucking crazy because music isn't their goddamn name but um yeah, yeah i just think they stopped being a tastemaker in music that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Okay. Good question, though. Well, thank you. Uh, uh, similarly, I will say. Yes. Uh, Neutral Milk Hotel just got their first Grammy nomination ever this year. Oh, what? For uh, they just put out a <laughs> box set of the oh. full works. And- <laughs> that's that's some revisionist history to me. Yeah. That's well, like I think it's that's for like when Pitchfork re-reviews an album. You know what album they re-reviewed <laughs> in the airplane over the sea? <laughs> oh, it's ten now. Wow. Um, this so when they're talking about i just loved this line they're talking about max from say anything and they're talking about uh someone just said he's the first person who wrote meta about music about emo and i just loved i just loved that line about him his whole story is crazy i don't know how much of that we went over when we did that album i don't remember hearing much of that before yeah yeah um i mean to be real so i'm not an expert in it and i don't remember all of it and it's like not something i want to like skim over lightly because obviously it's like serious mental health issues yeah um oh this part i died i loved it so it's rob hit from midtown um saying people realized they could customize their myspace page a massive header at the top additional audio or mailing list signups all sorts of things just embedding html css and javascript in the page i think there's a whole generation of damn good developers to do a started yeah. because they were social media people who liked music and wanted to customize their myspace 
pages. I learned to code on MySpace and Live Journal, and I literally went on to be a web developer. You are one of those people. Uh, beautiful, 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 beautiful. And that quote is followed by a quote from friend of the show, Tom Mullen. Oh, what did he say? Uh, MySpace was this little beast that few people reali- oh, yeah. realized at the beginning, but then slowly everyone was oh, like, yeah. crap, we, we need to get re- yeah. really proficient in this. Yes. Use the word crap. Crap. <laughs> very Tom, to be oh, fair. I did do the audiobook, and one thing I want to say is when it mentions that somebody, like when it's laughing in the text, it says, ha, ha, ha. It's, I listened to, uh, I wanted to see what the audiobook yeah. sounded like because also just free audiobooks just happened on Spotify. And I literally got one that was a ha, ha, and it goes, ha, 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 ha. It, it, it would do it so, so fast and weird. Yep. <laughs> But he, he's, got a, he's not going to fake a laugh either. No, it was so I, funny. I don't know. I, I wouldn't have read it differently, but it's just strange. No, it's so I literally checked it out yesterday after I finished this book. Because, yeah, also, if you didn't know, you can get free audiobooks on Spotify now. And I was just curious because you had said you had listened to it. I was mm-hmm. like, I wonder what how they're doing the different people, which they're not. They're just they're saying not. their names. Um, Travi McCoy. Yeah. It, was, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, I love I. The short ones, that's yep. very funny to me. Like, it's different, I feel like, if it's a whole paragraph. But... Um, yeah, there's... When it's just... Yeah. Everybody saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah. I do love... I do love where they all start to mention, like, you were going to shows and you could start seeing the shift of, like, this is... Something is happening. Like, this there's is... There's money now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, here we go. I still... We're still in the section where I was marking pages. Um... Oh, this part is just, I just marked, was just about kind of how everyone was having a mental breakdown or, like, losing their minds. <laughs> um, like, uh, Andrew McMahon literally has cancer. Oh, Pete right. Wentz literally tried to kill himself. Like, it, just, like, everyone in this chapter is having a mental breakdown. Is this when we're, like, super mainstream at this point? It's, like, about to pop off or, like, is popping off, but it's still at the beginning, I would say. And it is crazy. Like, the fa- these bands were on the road 45 out of 52 yeah. weeks of the year like crazy and it really was like no one was talking about mental health at this time no, like right yeah you know literally or physical health andrew man is like literally dying and he's just like oh i guess i gotta get off tour like so crazy um i guess i won't be able to load jump my on piano. A piano um but it was just like the thing that really struck me in here is how pre- prevalent it was for all these different bands like uh, let's see, cancer, drug problem, depression, drug problem, right. like all over the place. Um, a lot of people, it did feel, I do feel like got sober fairly early, but not everyone. Yes. Yeah, it does talk about, there, there are many moments in this book where I think about like, oh, I'm glad I wasn't there for that or I I yeah. don't want to be in the crowd or I don't want to be a band during this time. What about the time when Gerard was just laying under the stage playing because he was so fucked up? <laughs> that sounded like a terrible show. <laughs> yeah. So many of these are like, oh, I'm glad I didn't spend my money that, uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. Another tangenty question. Please. Something called Stephen's Untitled, Untitled Rock, Rock show? show gets mentioned a lot yes. in here. What is that? It was a show on Fuse. Fuse. I forgot about Fuse. Fuse was more important than MTV for this scene, I would mm. say. Um, because they were playing more of this scene. That makes sense. Scene. Like where TRL might have just been playing the My Chem and the Fallout Boys. And, and like also Britney and NSYNC. Exactly. Steven's Untitled Rock Show was playing everything else as well. Who is Steven? Is he just a host? Yeah. He was okay. the host of the show. Paramore. Ah, uh, yes. This was interesting. So we start getting into Paramore. There were truly like 
zero women. Yes. In the scene at this point. Like there were, but they were not as big as any of these other bands. And it was fucking few and far between baby. I think basically they tried to Avril her. Yes. At first. A hundred percent. Her, her, um, what's the word I want? Challenge her, her, yes. um, I can't think of the word I want. Just like her struggle with what to do in yes. terms of the contract because, because was really fascinating. Because she wanted to be a band and they wanted her to be Haley Williams. And the part where she says, like, I did sign the contract that was like just me as yes. the songwriter. And it caused issues. And I'm sure it did. Yeah. Um, but she elegantly says like, and they told me a lot of other bands do yeah. this. I'm not going to name names. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I did love that. Yep. And I would like those names to be named <laughs> to me. Just you can whisper to my ear. I don't, it, that, no, you know. Haley, if you want to come on the show. And tell me. Well, no, tell you can tell me not on the show. Oh, true. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're coming also, over. Yeah, if you're coming over to whisper in my ear. Um, <laughs> this I just highlighted because I just loved this part. Uh, well, first of all, that West Borland was in from first to last. Didn't know that. Uh, and then... They used to come on our tour bus and play Halo. Sonny Moore's Halo name was Skrillex. Yes. Beautiful. Here's where Heather uh, Heather starts to cross over with... They didn't mention your trip to uh, the taco restaurant. To Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco. Uh, yes. Um, off of early Paramore. Yes. Was it Warp Tour where they had the women in rock stage? Mm-hmm. And it was just... Just over in a flat, corner. <laughs> a flatbed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It wasn't even technically a Correct. stage. Yes. Correct. Dude, Warp Tour... It's crazy. I don't. I have not been to a warp tour in a very long time. Huh? What? Yeah, I know. Shocking news. You uh, aren't going to a van-sponsored parking lot festival in the sun? No, no, to no. To bake no. with children? No, 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 no. But yeah, it would just be... I, I don't even know. I went to one... These are different locations. I went to one in Asbury, mm-hmm. and it was just parking lots. It's literally sure. just... Yeah, and then I went to one at Darien Lake, which that one was uh, less parking lots because it was in the grass. Right. But uh, yeah, it was just real haphazard, real willy nilly stages. Did they do multiple stages at Darien Lake? Yes, because they they bring the stages. I can't picture them getting far enough away though that you could not <laughs> oh, hear Fair. the other band. I don't remember that setup. I think I only did the Darien Lake one once. And to be very, my I was with a friend whose band was on tour, so I think I just watched one or two sets and then went and hung out on the bus because it was air conditioned. Um, I do think a good name for your memoir would be Parking Lots and Yoohoo. <laughs> just there was only one Yoohoo incident, mm. but and I didn't drink it because I don't like chocolate milk. Uh, I'm not a big chocolate person. No, just peanut butter. Give me up. Can I tell you one more? This is a thought I'm not proud about of. Yoohoo. Okay, go one on. More, one more Yoohoo. One, thing. More, one, one more Yoohoo fact. Uh, well, we'll see how this one goes. Maybe I got more. Okay. Um, no. When they were talking about Haley being pushed off to the side uh, on that dumb stage. Yeah. The sheer girl stage. That's it. Thank you. I couldn't think of it. Um, I did think, well, that first album wasn't very good. Well, I do agree. <laughs> but then, then Riot happened and God bless. Yes. Um, yes. I, I did also, oh, hold on. I lost my train of thought. Oh, I, I did also love the, um, how much they were highlighting. Like, they were like 15. Like, oh yes. they were literal She's babies. So young. So that was crazy. Young. So, so, so young. Oh, th- literally I highlighted in the next chapter because the next chapter is starting to get into Panic at the Disco. Mm. Uh, they literally went to record right after they graduated high school. Crazy. Crazy. And the fact that we've been talking about that way for so long too. I can't remember which one is in Panic. Mikey. Mikey. Yeah. Um, oh, wait. I- wait, sorry. What? Wait. Is Oh, no. I always do this. Panic 
and my chem different bands are merged together in my brain. Yes, I, yeah, because sorry. They, yes, we've been through that. But yep. yes, different bands. Never mind. Um, um, it this is the band that it talks a lot about the lead singer sounding like Pete Wentz. Yeah, uh, Patrick Stump. Yes, which but Pete Wentz signed them. Yes, I can't say that I heard when let's we go, did baby. it before. Let's see. Let's see. But here. I also don't like. I wouldn't immediately know. Like, oh, that's what Pete Wentz. Okay, sounds so like. that would have been coming off Patrick Stump. You. <laughs> Patrick Stump is the lead singer. No, no, I'm saying like as I'm listening to Patrick Stump, I wouldn't be like able to pull what Pete Wentz, his voice sounds like to then say like, oh, this sounds like Pete Wentz. Pete, okay, hold on. Wait, did I? You're losing me because I think because you're actually confusing me. You're okay. So the lead singer of Panic at the Disco, yes, is oh Brandon, 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 Brandon. Hold on, now yes. I'm having a fucking short from the circuit. Taylor Swift. <laughs> yes. Uh, sorry, Brandon. I've no, no, Brendan Yuri. Sorry, yes. My, there's a lot of names happening. Yes. And then Patrick Stump is the lead singer of Fall Out Boy. Oh. But Pete Wentz signed oh. Panic at the Disco. Okay. This, yes. So in my... Okay. I just There's merged a lot of things happening. Two. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, okay. So hold on. I want to I want to do this. Mm. There's so many names in this book that I've do, never heard before. Well, I so think you're doing my, a very good job because there are so many there, there's names I don't know, and so it's yeah. Um, okay, sorry. What did so? Sorry, I'm starting a new thread while you're you're it's wrapping okay. up another one. Jonah Bayer, Vanessa Bayer's brother. Yes, I was just excited for that connection. <laughs> yes. What did he do? He was a writer. Writer. Okay. Wrote for AP. Cool. Um, <laughs> but yes. Um, okay. This is Patrick Stump. Okay. Actually, let's do Saturday. <laughs> you, like real clear difference between head voice and nose voice there yes okay this is patrick stump yes okay he was in here you'll hear him in the background hollering later hollering yes a hooting and a hollering so a big thing they talk about is how patrick can actually sing throughout this book mm-hmm. um and i Part of that, like, that just stood out because not everyone in the scene could because you didn't know Ramsey. I did know that. So then, okay, so this came out. <laughs> it's like Chris yes. Graba is attractive. Pack your stuff, Ken Zig. <laughs> and that's so late in the book. <laughs> just calling that out. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay, but like, he can actually sing. Yes. Okay, so then we've got, this is the uh, first yes. Panic album. It's like, I'm... Just gonna say it's like pouring gasoline on a fire. This... Oh, brother! It's the name of a chapter. Um, I don't really think he sounds too much like Patrick Stump now that I'm listening to this back to back. Maybe it's just because they can both sing. Yeah, maybe that's it. I I can see, I guess, where people might mislabel an MP3 before you've heard of Panic. Yes, but yeah, well, I which don't... happened. Yes, <laughs> uh, but I don't think so. <gasps> This Heather, song is a banger. Heather's distracted just by the song now. Yeah, this song's a banger. Um, I but that actually gets so okay. Like I'm now in the phase of this book where like I don't have any pages marked. Mm. We're we're in the no marked pages. Is this like Black Parade era? Yeah. Oh. So basically, you already did all the research possible for that episode, so you didn't need this. Yes, but no. But also, what happened was I don't care about this part of emo. It's just not my era. So basically. Uh, a fever you can't sweat out. This album coming out and then riot. 
I fall off real hard after that with at, with this genre. We've, I mean, we talked about that a little on the show where it's just like the albums that came out after this, I don't, that's just not my era where it, I mean, mm-hmm. frankly, like I think this book gets into it, gets extremely commercial. It sure. is industry plants. It is just like now we trying to make money, cash grab shit. And it's, it, it's not even like I was like, oh, this is like sellout shit. I don't like this. Also, I was just getting older. And yep. they, they get into that a little bit yep. in the book too, where it's just like, I just aged out of some of it. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, this is not for me. And that was a huge chunk of the back half of the book, which like, it was interesting, but it was just like, I don't have an opinion on this. I don't care about this phase yeah. of emo. Like, I'm sorry, Under Oath. You have a couple bangers, but like, you are not a band I care about. Right. Um, I did I, like Fat Mike trolling them so much, though. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a quote about the Black Parade from mm-hmm. Mikey Way that I want to read. Please do. Just because it spoke to me. Yeah, please. Uh, Gerard came up with the concept of the Black Parade and had costumes and characters immediately, just drawing them in his notebook. I heard the title, and it was one of those moments, like that shot in Jaws where they zoom in on Roy Scheider. You know the one I'm talking about. When Gerard Gerard told me the title of the album and showed me the picture, I remember feeling very similar to Chief Brody from Jaws. (laughs) He he felt like, we're going to need a bigger boat. He felt like... The boat that he was in was not big enough. Was not big enough. <laughs> Which, you know what? Chief Brody was right. That boat, that boat was, was not, not big, big enough. enough. <laughs> and you know what? Mikey Way was right. Yeah. It was a album actually, that was important. It was important. And uh, they did kind of stop being a band for a while after that. So he was right. Mike Hem did? Yeah. Huh. They just couldn't follow it up? Uh, let, I don't know. Let's Okay, hold on. Let's look at their discography. They did take a big break. I actually just can't remember what years that would be. Please hold. Mm-hmm. Please hold. I need to go to my little charty chart. Jason Pettigrew says, I thought Black Parade was going to be an absolutely magnificent realization of the MyChem vision or a failure. <laughs> there was nothing in between. Okay. So basically they stopped doing anything from 2013 to 2020. Wow. Yeah. That is a big golf, especially yeah. with such a huge album. Yes. And okay. So it was... Uh, Black Parade came out in 2006 and then their fourth album came out in 2010 so even that four years in between those so I do think they probably did struggle to do a follow up which like huge album and also like a very creative album god this song fucking rules too this isn't Black Parade though this is Three Cheers um can I go back to the fat mic trolling under oath? Please do. We have not done under oath on the show. <laughs> no, they uh, <laughs> don't know that we will continue. This is the band that They're was fun. They have songs. I genuinely like, I don't think I like an entire album by that band. He, he was making fun of them for being Christian. Is that, <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm boiling it down. Yes. But, but yes. Yes. Who, who is fat Mike? I know the name. No effects. No effects. Yes. Okay. So like, have we done them? No. Okay. I also, I don't have a lot to say about a full no effects album. That was a band. I know from t-shirts in yeah. high school, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know anything. They're, they're an older wave of punk. Okay. Um, so the, like him hating on all these bands is also him just like being an old head. Also, sure. he's also a troll. So. Yeah. Fair. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Is this the band? So because I'd never heard of this band uh, as with Which a one? lot of these bands under oath. Oh yeah. Is this the band that also was like, uh, had to kind of reckon with, their anti-gay stance yes. at some yes. point? Okay. And I do. it does seem like they did, which, like, God bless, we love growth. Yeah, by the end of it, I I do remember them specifically saying, like, yeah, that was dumb. We're yeah. sorry. This is Under Oath. This is not my... Hold on. This song? Okay, I actually... Is this the one I love? They have one song I really, really like. Or is it this one? Hold on. 
Okay, they got three songs I like. Uh, this, they need to pray more. <laughs> they need to pray on this? They need to pray on this. This is bad. This one is good. What? <laughs> this one's called It's a Dangerous Business Walking Out Your Front Door. This one. It's a good title. Yeah. Oh, what is that? It's, dude, I don't know. What, what I'm it? telling you is 2004 was a crazy it's, time. It's like the soundtrack to Alias with Screaming. <laughs> This song's good. I'm sorry. Get out of my he- ears. <laughs> I'm going to need a bigger boat <laughs> so I don't have to hear this. Damn, maybe I do like Under Oath. I don't. I mean, I do. I like these songs. I just don't like them, like their full catalog. Um, I don't. I wrote I this, this down. I think this is the one I like more. Continue. Um, I wrote this down. I, is there a Will in the band? Wait, who did Chroma? Cartel, Will Pugh. Okay. There's I, there's an anecdote about um, him looking like Aaron Carter. Yes. Where a the keep t- he's like I know. <laughs> uh, I just wrote this down. Are you Aaron Carter? Nope. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. And those are all in caps. Yes. Very yes. funny. Um, I loved this line. I always valued women as tastemakers and alternative and popular music. The way they adopted so much of the music shows the power. Without women this shit would not have blown up to the size it did. And that is fucking true. That was from Jesse Lacey. <laughs> no, it was from Maria Sherman. Who's a writer. Um, this whole chapter, like there's a bunch in that, like Leslie Simon was a writer for AP and she talked about how hard it was a lot oh, for yeah. her to be a female writer, even just compared to her male, right? Like the male writer she worked with, just like she wasn't in that boys club. Yeah. That was really interesting to hear her talk about like, what she would do to kind of like get bands to yes. to trust work her with her, yes. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You you are not going to like Under Oath. No, I can tell you that I already do not. Uh huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh I wrote down love hearing about this dumb bubble show. Oh my god, we should. You, you would have really loved the bubble. I don't like genuinely. No. Okay. To make fun of. I wrote. We should watch one. It's was psychotic it sounds stupid and hearing it was so stupid the, it was basically where the intrepid is is where they did it in okay, new york city it yep. was out on one of those piers and i also think a hurricane came when it was filming um also a doc- i don't know if that's a false memory though i don't remember them mentioning that no, they but didn't mention the be. book but in my brain that happened I mean, it feels but i like, don't know if I, it's real it feels like exactly the thing they would manufacture for the show <laughs> uh they were oh. sponsored by dr pepper yeah, so they I, had I do to remember constantly that. drink Dr. Pepper no, or they, fake no, it. They constantly drink alcohol out of cups that said Dr. <laughs> right, Pepper, yes, which yes. is so funny. That's so funny. <sighs> that, but oh, the the one hurricane thing, which I mentioned to you in person the other day, that I think is insane. They were talking about Fall Out Boy was, and Mike and were talking about performing at the VMAs. Oh yeah, and it was in Miami, and it was the day before Hurricane Katrina. Just them talking about like like Jeff Rickley mentions Jay-Z in this book like 15 times. <laughs> it's so weird because they were on the same label. Yeah. Um, but they were talking about how it was like pouring and pouring and pouring because obviously the hurricane was hitting Miami a little bit before it hit New right. Orleans. And then it just stopped while they performed. But that was the first time that Mike had ever uh, performed. I think it was they maybe debuted Helena, which I already played. Yeah. And them just being like, oh, fuck. Like, so crazy. But then Fall Out Boy was like Rihanna's backing band during the VMA. So right, right, crazy. Right. So crazy. I think, am I remembering that that performance opens the introduction or or like early on in the book as like a oh, high maybe. watermark? Yes. I, th- I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Pun not intended. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I know you didn't do that on purpose. 
Nope, that was completely um, unintended. Um, we should watch that at some point. That VMAs? Yeah, let's watch the whole VMAs. Okay. Probably impossible to find. I agree. Um, too sad, but the Bayside stuff didn't oh, know about. So sad. Yep, that's all I got. I remember that at the time. That was very sad. And it's, I know other, there, that stretch through the Rockies is like a very treacherous I mean I fucking have driven it in a snowstorm mm. it's a literal nightmare yeah. but I know other bands who have gotten in accidents there it's like a very uh, it's horrible true nightmare um, I don't remember which label they were on but they spent uh, a lot they were on victory they spent a lot of time talking about the owner of that <laughs> being super cheap <laughs> fucking sucking shit yes. not being good but but actually like, really stepped yep. up then. Yes, 100%. That was very nice. Yes. Well, and it did sound like their description of him, which he... Yes. People who were on Victory fucking hated being <laughs> on Victory. But I also love the other bands pushing back and being like, you're only as big as you are because you were on Victory. Right. So, so there's some of that. But yet, I think his name is Tony, the owner. That sounds but right. Yeah, they were talking... Tony, about, the owner. Tony, the owner. But they were talking about how like he was cheap, but not when it mattered. Right. Like... He would do a lot of crazy promotion. He would show up for the bands, but like not pay you your fucking royalties. Yep. Like... Um, which is a very interesting dichotomy of a person. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> very, very weird. I did want to call this quote, which is from Leslie Simon, who's the, she was a writer for AP. Um, this is not a scene where people felt comfortable being themselves. If you were different, you could see by the representation of those playing the instruments and singing the songs. Um, and also in the faces of the crowd, there are uh, some exceptions, but again, by in the 2000s, there were not many people of the BIPOC community in the scene. There were not many open out members of the LGBTQ community it was noticeable, though not often brought up in conversation. And that's something, though, that I feel like has come has changed hmm. in a very positive way, but was a hundred percent true then. Yeah, then we, yeah, Band in the Bubble, iconic. We love it. I did not, she also in that quote mentions that uh, Brendan was. Oh, in, in Kinky Boots. I did not know that. Oh, yeah, he was in Kinky Boots. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, it was in the era where every person in Kinky Boots was like a celebrity. I kind of forgot about Like it was that. like Neil Patrick Harris, yeah. Brendan Yuri, the guy Diggs from Glee. At one point, maybe? Tate, I don't even know. Yeah. Um, what are the, oh, I do just love them talking about the My Chem Reunion show in 20. I think it was 2020, maybe before the pandemic. Yeah, one of my last notes is MCR reunion is really nice. It's just everyone's just being like, oh, it's like a family reunion. Yeah, so really, wholesome. That, that was a really nice thing to close on. And Okay, except we didn't close on that. We closed on the longest quote from Chris Gethard that also had nothing to do <laughs> with what we were talking about. And that is my biggest complaint. Okay. What, why are we now just talking about... It's not... It does not... We should have ended with the Jim Atkins quote before that. Why is there a two-page quote from Chris Gethard about hanging out with Ian McKay? No reason. I thought I that was... I fucking hated it. I thought I, that was an interesting anecdote. No, but I, I but did, why is it here? I finished the book and said to a uh, friend of the show, Mo, Chris Gethard opens and closes this book? I Why don't is he understand. closing this book? It had nothing to do with anything. I literally just wrote a big question mark next to it. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I hated that. Chris Gethard really wanted you to know about Discord. Like, I, I agree it's a cool anecdote. Yeah. About, like, how this scene is cool, but, like... Strange. Anyways, that part made me mad. <laughs> that was how they're setting the book down on the desk. Okay, all right. Fully. That was it. That was the whole book. Overall, uh, I really liked it. I did too. It was a nice trip down memory lane for me for a lot of it. Yeah. And I learned some things too. Listeners, I don't know if you read this with us. If you did, and if you have any other points that you want to make about it, please let us know because we're, we're bouncing around a 
300 page book here so yeah, it's a lot it's a lot and the good tip on the audiobook being on spotify yes didn't know that yes because i'm on apple music it's new it just happened like this week that's cool uh free audio that just included with your premium oh man so if you have free sorry You're trying to get me back Mm-hmm. can i speed it up yeah oh no okay all the way up baby oh no i know you might have no no i know i know know. okay uh great yeah i really enjoyed this like i said this is a really it was interesting and like in the same way that i read an entire oral history about espn without caring at all about it uh (laughs) yeah it's still fascinating to hear people who were there talk about what what it was like to build the thing and you definitely get that in terms of the scene i agree good job it was fun chris payne yeah i liked it have you read any is he a music writer probably (laughs) (laughs) and you probably have read something you've written i'm sure uh i think he talked about it in the end i don't remember yeah i think he wrote for other publications good job that's all uh listeners thank you for listening to this yes uh if you would like more non-book content if you have a book recommendation that we should do on a future book club episode a new type of episode we just invented yep let us know heather where can we find you online at heather shay how about you ramsey ramsey ess.com if you want to go to our website if you're listening.com you can get playlists merch a link to the patreon our bios (laughs) and a place to recommend albums that we should cover or books you can throw a book in there however you want to get it to us i don't care yeah just just send it on over figure it out perfect goodbye bye